This is UB Football Insider with Lance Leipold. And my bullseye! Now, here is your host, Paul Peck. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. My name is Paul Peck. We're at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It's Buffalo's original pizzeria. We've got a lot to talk about here today. We've got a big game, maybe the game of the year for the Bulls that comes up on Friday against Bowling Green. We'll talk about that. We'll be joined by Bulls head coach Lance Leipold to discuss the Falcons and get the scouting report on them. We'll be joined by Bulls linebacker Jordan Collier to talk talk a little bit about the season for the defense and his rather interesting travels to get here to Buffalo. And we'll, as always, be joined by John Fuller for the latest news and notes that you need to know on the Bulls football program. And we'll touch a little bit on basketball with Brian Wolf from the Athletic Communications Office. All coming up for you in the next hour, but we start with Bulls head coach Lance Leipold. Coach, welcome into Santoras. It's a big game week with the Friday noon kickoff against Bowling Green that you can hear right here on ESPN 15. 20 you can see it on ESPNU pretty simple your team wins they win the division going to Detroit for the MAC championship game um y- you like when it's black and white and there's no ifs ands whatever's involved in it don't you yeah it's it's black and white I don't know about the simple part though Paul because it's going to take us uh you know to, to bounce back play well but yes it's one of those situations if if you have a chance to win your division, play in a conference championship game, you want to be able to control your fate, and, and that's by going out and, and winning a football game. I think a lot of uh, fans and you know think, and sometimes even guys like me think that you've got a big Newt Rockney-like speech ready to go for the guys, but but do you need to do that at all? I mean, I, I, is there need to be something like that, or do you get a sense already through practices that the guys understand what's at stake here? I, I think they understand at stake, and I, I think I came – you know about I don't know what part of my head coaching career and I started to think back to when I played now that was a long long time ago but I started to remember of all the pregame speeches and all those things that you said and by the time everybody like roared or did something and you ran out onto the field did you even remember what the guy said so <laughs> I, I the the thing about it I think when it goes into it is it's the weekly it's the routine it's the preparation it's the points that you're trying to get across I, I go there's there's things that I would say that maybe on the motivational side or what it's going to take I may I might do that on Monday because it has to go in what what's going to happen in Monday in preparation Tuesday on the field and those things um, trying to get somebody all fired up uh, like six minutes before a kickoff might be a little bit too late so um, you know and I think our, our position coaches do a great job our coordinators do a great job with and and long as it's a consistent message on what we need to do and I think this group once again and we've said it many times here is they've embraced that what have you learned about the, the resiliency of this team I, I think there's a lot of worry oh my goodness this was such a it was a di- disappointing loss how do they bounce back but we saw your team bounce back and win five mm. in a row after another disappointing loss we have seen them go into a locker room down 10 points to the defending mac champions and fight their way back so so how much of what you've learned about how resilient this team is may come into play in making sure you get their best effort friday well it, it will be needed and but i i again you've alluded to this group and and how they go about it i i think young men today and and everything that we We've talked about it before. We live in an instant society and things happen. It's about what's happening now. It's not what's happening down the road or what's happening in the past. So we, you know, they know they get a chance to play their 12th football game of the year. They have a chance to make amends from a poor performance. And, of course, they have a chance to, uh, to you know, uh, kind of 
check off something that they've been working very hard to and uh, to get, and that's an opportunity to play for a conference championship. With Bulls head football coach Lance Leipold, this is the UB Football Insider Show where it's Santoros Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. More on the Bowling Green Falcons and what the Bulls need to do to win this game coming up in our second segment. Buffalo comes in at 9-2, and 6-1 and one in the MAC. want to ask you about a couple of things more on a global scale here as the season goes on. One of the ways that I always prepare for these broadcasts is diving into looking at the MAC stats and seeing what they might tell me or, or interesting areas that I think are going to be keys to the game. And I think the one thing that jumped out at me when I looked at them last night was the incredible balance for your team. I don't think in any MAC statistical category you guys rank, well, I know there's one, you don't rank lower than fifth or sixth in any category. The offense, uh, number three in scoring, number four in scoring defense, number four in offense, number four in defense. Um, that's very hard to do. There are very few teams in the conference that have the that have that kind of balance. Is that by, is that what you would have hoped for? Uh, in in August and and how difficult is it to get that kind of balance? Um, yes, it's something that we've always strived for, but that's always kind of been our model of how we want to build a football program. Is because if you're too one dimensional in either in either way, whether it be stopping the run and you can't stop the pass, or or only running the football, you're you're gonna you're gonna have trouble somewhere along the season. And uh, so you want to try to build, you want to try to recruit. Um, that you're you're and develop schemes that are going to be able to be adaptable to whoever you play, and then there's minor adjustments, not complete adjustments. So for us to get to this point, uh, um, I think it's a telltale of what we've been able to do this year as a program. But at the same time, uh, you know, would you want some of those to be a little higher and all that? But I've I've always wanted to try to be as completely balanced as you can, and I always say that Paul though is, you want to be as balanced as you can till about the last four minutes of the game. Right. And then that's where your numbers can get skewed. Hopefully you're winning and you're just running out the clock. So your run-pass ratio numbers change a little bit. Unfortunately, if you're behind, then you have to throw every down and your run-pass ratios get, get a little skewed as well. Yeah, and as it relates to Bowling Green, there's a very – a large disparity that we'll talk about and I think I know you're going to give me some explanations for it. We'll save that again for the next segment. Why don't you ask you about a couple of players uh, here as we head into this game against Bowling Green. First off our guest in a couple segments who will join us here today at Santors, linebacker Jordan Collier. Um, he has been steady and solid and consistent with a very interesting story about how he winds up here mm -hmm. which we'll talk to him about but I love your perspective on what you've gotten from one of your key seniors. Well I, I think I think, uh, you know, Jordan Collier is one of those uh, guys that I think when you look at college football and what happens to a young man, now his story, like you said, is a, a little bit um, unconventional, sure. but at the same time, upon his arrival here, it's very unique based on the fact that as we tried to adapt and build our program, one of the areas that we had to get better at was our overall team speed on defense. And one of the things that we wanted to try to do is, especially at our outside linebacker spot, was try to find more of a hybrid player, a guy who is more of a safety, but but it wants to be physical like a linebacker. And and Jordan fit that bill for us. Was it, I, I, you know, I don't know the first year or so if that was the best for Jordan. But Jordan did what was needed for the team, and he had some growing pains. And it was tough for him to to, to learn some of the things that we were doing, and, and there was times. But he, he never lost confidence. He kind of kept working. Um, when when Ishmael Hargrove and Jared Franklin were there, there's one of those things that, you know, Ishmael was probably one that 
needed to play more into the boundary. So we made the decision a year ago, and, and then probably one of the things that helped us take the next step as a program was moving Ishmael over to the boundary side, getting Jordan's athleticism on the field, helping our team speed, and now he's been a very steady performer, and he's really had a solid senior season. We'll talk with Jordan coming up a little bit later on in the show. Uh, speaking of defensive key players and safety position, you got Joey Banks back, and Tyrone Hill started, and I think they split mm -hmm. time relatively evenly but but banks had missed i think three games with a knee injury how important is getting him back and now having two guys at that position that you know can play it was great to get joey back he's a physical safety he was playing really well for us uh, um before he got hurt um so again to to get some of that depth back as as you're at this point of the season um you know you know, not losing him for the rest of the year, things like that, very important. He worked very hard. I thought he moved around pretty well and probably knocked some of that rust off, and hopefully he's ready to have a big game this week. Yeah, against a good Bowling Green passing offense, you'll need as many bodies as you can in the secondary. There was a change in the offensive line, and we talked so much this year about how well your offensive line has played, and it had been the same five starters, but a change has come in the last couple of weeks, um, not because, I, I, I'll let you answer this, I don't think it's because of anything that anyone did, but because this young player player emerged so much to the point where you had to get him in the lineup. Tell everybody a little bit about number 66, Jacob Gall, who started the last two games at right guard. Yeah, you know, Jacob Gall is a redshirt freshman from the Cincinnati area. Um, you know, he's he's kind of waited patiently, and he got kind of pressed into action at, uh, at Central Michigan, I want to say, is where we had some injuries. And, you know, uh, you know, it's one of those times when that young player gets his first opportunity, and that was a very physical front front uh, four for, for against Central. He played extremely well. Um, you know, both guards, both starting guards, and you know, ended up with ankle injuries in that game. And and really, as they've worked to get healthy, uh, Tomas and Paul in there is that. Jacob has continued to play really well and and sometimes you know we joke with players sometimes when you know they're they're getting closer to being healthy you know you don't want to get Wally pipped in this thing you know and, and, <laughs> and they look you at know, you and go who's, who's Wally Pip we always tell them thank goodness for Wikipedia so then they look up who Wally Pip is but but you you say that because you know a lot of times you don't you don't want guys to lose positions based on injury but many times it's it I shouldn't say many but in occasions it's tough to get it back completely when guys step in and play extremely well. By the way, that's getting to be now about a hundred-year reference that <laughs> shows you my still age. use. Well, no, shows but you still age. use it. I use it. A lot of sports fans use it all the time, and the players may not know who it is, but that's one of those very endearing sports references that's carried yeah. on. Yeah, it has. And uh, moving out here towards the east, that probably has a little bit more people that actually know it. But we talk about it. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, within it is in in you know. And to us, sometimes we say to a guy as he's going, it's like kind of that, hey, now, come on, keep pushing. You know, and that's it, it's not used to, to threaten or scare. It's kind of used to be as uh, maybe training room motivation to make sure that you're doing everything you can to get back. And, and that's another sign, I think, of where we're moving as a program, Paul, is that when – because there's times when you don't have depth or you have big gaps or, or you're redshirting players, um, there's not that – really concerned that my position may be taken by somebody who's going to hang on to it. And, and you look at that, and, and really a pre-Washington was doing some of that at the corner position when we had some injuries. and But unfortunately, then he got hurt. So, right. but, but again, you hope your overall depth of your program continues to rise, and, uh, and Jacob has done an outstanding job. I think we might have uh, talked about it one other time, is 
against Kent State, he played both guard positions and center mm -hmm. all, all in the same game, which now he shows how well he's playing. It shows his versatility. By the way, for those who don't know, Wally Pipp was the Yankee first baseman who played, and then Lou Gehrig replaced him when Wally Pipp got hurt. Lou Gehrig went on to play, what, 10 straight years, years never yeah. gave the job back. So that's where the, the whole analogy comes from. Last player I want to ask you about before we wrap up this first segment is Khalil Hodge about his next tackle in this game on Friday will be the 400th of his career wow. in less than three years of play. Um, I, I, I don't, I've run out of incredible things to say about Khalil. Maybe you have as well, too. Um, but give us, I mean, that's an incredible achievement. 400 tackles in less than three full seasons. Yeah, just a remarkable career by, a, by an outstanding player. And again, the, the consistency that he has shown is uh, – is truly amazing. Truly, it truly is. Uh you know the, the we talked about his leadership and all those other things that he's done we we put a lot on him and he and he delivers all the time all right he is going to be a key player for the bulls on friday when they take on bowling green with a chance to win the Mackey's title we will dive into the scouting report of the falcons when coach and i return to santora's pizza pub and grill on miller sport highway this is the ub football insider show from learfield Welcome back to the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. I'm voice of the Bulls, Paul Peck. We continue from Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It's Buffalo's original pizzeria. It's a big one on Friday for the Bulls against Bowling Green in Bowling Green, Ohio. A noon kickoff that you can hear right here on ESPN 1520. You can see it on ESPNU. A win for the Bulls gives them the Mackey's title and a spot in the Mac Championship game. Coach, let's talk about the Falcons who have struggled all year long, made a coaching change in mid-October letting Mike Jinks go, bringing Carl Pellini up at the interim head coach. And lo and behold, they've won two games in a row to improve their record to 3-8 and eight with wins over Central Michigan and Akron just this past weekend. So what have you seen from the Falcons, particularly lately, that's led them to the two straight wins? Well, you know, they've, they've done a great job of, of keeping their players motivated, um, Coaching them hard, getting them better, but but you can see a team that's that's playing with with great energy, um, playing loose. You know they're and and they've done a lot of good things. I can't sit there and say that they've they've changed a lot of what they're doing. Maybe offensively, they're playing the backup quarterback a little bit, inserting him in some quarterback run game, some RPOs, and and trying to mix up a few things and looks. But you know Carl Pelini's an outstanding football coach. Had a chance to work with him for a year um, defensively. They're doing some of the same things. Again, Against Central Michigan, probably the thing that they did in special teams was they did everything possible. They they onside kicked, they faked a punt, they faked a field goal. They're going to do and and really, uh, you know, they're going to play and they're going to show their team they're going to be aggressive and do whatever they can to win. And I'm sure they're going to do the same thing this week. These are the Town BMW keys to the game presented by Town BMW, the official auto partner of UB Athletics. Getting you ready for the Bulls and Bowling Green. Their defense struggled all year long. First eight games, giving up an average. Of of 35 points a game and over 400 yards total offense last three games down to 18 points a game and just over 250 yards per game on offense now I do want to say their last two games they've played the two lowest scoring teams in the MAC. But that said, what has changed on their defense? Well, I think some of those things that you talked about is that they've been able to play at a level 
that that allows them to, to to win, and that is they're getting themselves off the field. They're giving their offense more more opportunities. Field possession, they've been able to change some of those things, and and really they're like a lot of teams this time of the year. I think they've talked about their injuries and their depth, and their and and they're really getting some gutsy performances, especially up front defensively because they're not rotating a lot of guys right now at this time of the year. All right, their offense is. Uh kind of one thing that has been pretty consistent for them all year long. And quarterback Jarrett Dagey, he is number one in the MAC in passing yards per game and number one in touchdowns, just slightly ahead of Tyree Jackson. You remember playing him last year. Texas kid, likes to throw the ball around, loves that spread mm-hmm. offense. What What's the key in slowing down Bowling Green's quarterback? Well, you have to get him off rhythm a little bit. we got to be able to anything that's down the field vertically. we got to be able to get pressure on the quarterback. Haven't done it as much as we did, uh, you know, last week we didn't do a very good job of that and of course we got to tackle better but a lot of that still goes with how they're going to run the ball and if you're able to get them in the long down and distance in that third down second down area you've got a better chance for predictability of what what may happen if he gets hot and he gets in rhythm it's going to be a very challenging day for us with Bulls head coach Lance Leipold this is the UB football insider show from Santoris Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway we are on the middle of our town BMW keys to the game Daigie has the number one receiver in the Mac is his main target in Scott Miller with 67 catches 1,033 yards and seven touchdowns he leads the conference in receptions and in yards uh, that combination is going to be a challenge for your secondary how do you slow them down yeah again and some he seems like he's been around a long time too you know very dynamic player um, again I've I've said on our in these talks when we talk about Bowling Green in the past I still think their their skill position offensively receivers running backs all those things uh, that they, they have a great mixture of players um, good team speed guys that can make you miss in space and uh, you know that's a challenge as a collective group that we got to tackle better and defend better Miller's one of those that leads the way and and I'm sure on his last home game his last game of his college career they're going to find ways to, to to make sure he's explosive yeah they have a big offensive line you mentioned their running game Andrew Clare one of the top running backs mm-hmm. in the Mid-American Conference also part of that as well too on the defensive side for any Bulls fan that was watching a little bit of the Bowling Green Akron game over the weekend to get a little sense of what the Falcons are all about uh, they noticed uh, something that I wanted to ask you about one of the starting corners for Bowling Green, Montre Gregory got a targeting call in the second mm-hmm. half, which means he's out for the first half of this game on Friday. As a coach, when you find that out, how does that figure into your game plan, your strategy, knowing that one of their better players, particularly mm-hmm. at a corner position, won't be there for half the game? Well, it depends on the player, it depends on the situation and, and what they're playing schematically, but the thing about it, you sometimes you go, well, you can go after you know his replacement, but the thing is, his replacement just played a lot of football, okay? And and he, you know, if he's inexperienced at a certain time of the year, you might be able to do it there, and you don't know what it does to the whole depth of the position. But it doesn't really change how we how we're going to go about our game plan. We just got to make sure we execute well. History is a little bit on your side if you pay much attention to things like this, and we'll talk about this with John Fuller in a little later on in the show. This is the third. Third time the Bulls have played a must-win game to win the Mackey's championship. All three of them have come against Bowling Green, and the last time it was at Bowling Green, 
It was a win for the Bulls in 2008, a dramatic come-from-behind overtime win that sent them to the MAC championship game and ultimately the MAC title that year. Um, does history and some of it being successful, anything that you'll talk to the team about or maybe even show them what happened the last time? I, I don't know. I might have John Fuller do that in a, maybe at the pregame speed. That I might love be, it. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, but uh, it, could you could recreate know, his very popular yeah. gif from the Temple game if right. you want to have that's him do a, that. That's what we want to do. We, but... Um, you know, that's one I, I know, like I said earlier, our guys are about what's happening now and all that, That, but we just hope whatever that may be, anything that's going to push us towards victory, we'll, we'll use it to our favor. All right, if John Fuller can help push it towards victory, I say go for it. Uh, me too, me all right. too. Hey, Coach, thanks for the insight. Appreciate the uh, the scouting report, part of the town BMW keys to the game. Good luck. We're all looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun game on Friday in Bowling Green, Ohio. Appreciate it, Paul. Bulls head coach Lance Leipold getting you ready for a big one. The Bulls have a chance to clinch the Mackey's title with a win on Friday. We'll get the player perspective when Bulls linebacker Jordan Collier joins us as we continue the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. Welcome back to Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. It's the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. We thank Coach for his insight. couple segments there to get you ready for a big one on Friday for the Bulls. A noon kickoff at Bowling Green with a chance to win the Mackey's title and a spot in the Mac Championship game. Let's get the player perspective on this big game. Bulls senior linebacker Jordan Collier joins us. Jordan, thanks for a couple minutes of your time. Is uh, it have a big game feeling already here on this Monday as you get ready for this game? Do the guys in the locker room know how much is at stake and what the prize can be at the end of this game on Friday? Yes, sir. I, I mean, I think everybody, you know, has an idea of, um, of what's going on. I just feel like, you know, our mindset is just go out there and win. Like, no matter who it is, no matter what we play, no matter how cold it is, like, just go out there and win. And that's like the mindset of the seniors and we're trying to like spread that around like the whole locker room so that's really the the vibe and the persona of our team right now you played in big games so many times before going back to high school even the, the stretch run last year um does does playing a big game with so much at stake sometimes get players better or can it sometimes cloud what you're talking about which is just go do what you've done mm -hmm. the previous 11 games um it's Personally, for me, I know, like, for, for myself, big games make me play better. Like, I might be nervous a little bit, but once that first snap, like, happens, like, I'm locked in, I'm ready to go. For some guys, it might be, like, a little, they might be might be nervous and might be scared to mess up, but you can't be scared to mess up. You just got to go out there, like I said, go out there and just play, just play. It's, it's football. It's the, same, it's the same things you've been doing since you're eight, nine years old. The same thing, just on a different stage. That's With it. Bulls linebacker Jordan Collier here on the UB Football Insider Show. Well, we saw earlier in the year that this team has the ability to bounce back from a disappointing game. You won five in a row after the loss at Army. So it, can you tap into the same things coming off the disappointing game against Ohio? Oh, yes, sir, most definitely. Coach Lou has done a great job with keeping us locked in and keeping us, you know, very meditated in what we have to do to accomplish our, our goals this year. And um, like I said, like the seniors are, are really honed in to what we have to do and what and how we have to lead our team and the younger guys who, who we need to, to be able to win these games. So I feel like, you know, as a program and as a as a team, we, we have a good head on our shoulders. With Bulls linebacker Jordan Collier, let's talk a little bit about your season. Fourth on the team in tackles with 47, one and a half sacks, one interception, four tackles for loss. You, you tend to, because of the role that you played, as we talked about with Coach, you tend to be a little bit all over the place, which is a good <laughs> thing. How much have you enjoyed being a part of this defense that up until last week was number one statistically in the MAC? 
Man, it's it's a blessing to be honest. Um, to have guys like Chuck Harris and Cam Lewis and Brandon Williams and obviously Khalil Hodge and Justin Brandon, like James, James Patterson, like those guys help each other get better each and every day. And not just those guys. You got Tatum Slack and a pre Washington and 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 Taylor Riggins and guys like that who also play a big role in our defense. Who and who also. When you look at them play, you say, wow, Taylor Riggins has a high motor. I want to be like that. I want to be able to run around the field and, like, make plays just like Taylor Riggins. So, like, for me, I'm like, okay, that's what I got to do. I have to have a high motor and just keep playing hard. Then I look at Cam, Cam Lewis, and, like, when he hits people, it's like, <laughs> like golly, he's only, like, 175, 180. And I'm 215, and I'm like, how come I can't hit people like that? But, you know, it, it all, like, goes hand-in-hand in, 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 the, in a way that, like, we all try to help each other compete and play at a high level. It, does it, that have to do with the fact that on a weekly basis there always seems to be a different quote-unquote star of the defense? Maybe early in the year, Chuck Harris with the sacks, Riggins followed up, yeah. Cam Lewis with the picks. Uh, you know, every week there's another guy, Khalil Hodge usually every week, but <laughs> yeah. every week there seems to be another guy who you could say, boy, they, the defense was led by blank. Yeah, that's, and that's and that's the true testament to you know the coaches and, and like the preparation that we have done all offseason. Like, it's like, there's not just Khalil Hodge. You got everybody on the defense making a, a big contribution to the season that we're having this year. Uh, Coach talked about your role being very unique. Um, if you had to put a number on it, 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 what would be the percentage of times you feel like you're playing a safety and times that you feel like you're playing a linebacker? Oh, man. Um, honestly, I'll say it's about 50-50. Okay. You know, depending on who it's we play. Probably who the way it's supposed yeah, to be, right? De- depending on who we're playing. Um, last week, I felt more like a linebacker last week. But, you know, early in the season, I felt like I had to cover a lot. You know, like zone coverage a lot, zone drops a lot, which I like to do. I like to cover. So, like, that wasn't a big uh issue for me but like it's, it's pretty much about 50 50 well you're a safety at heart that's where where you kind of started playing that's how you came into this program so mm-hmm. i would think that the safety covered part is the easier part for you the linebacker part even though you like to hit <laughs> is what you is that what you've had to learn how to be better at uh yeah in, in ways especially taking on like offensive linemen you know like being at safety you don't really take on that many linemen so like having to transition to from safety to linebacker it was a big difference in, as far as like just my physicality of play uh overall this season as i mentioned this defense for a good part of the year has been number one in the mac mm-hmm. you guys were been dominant like in the games at kent state um how much fun has it been what, what what's the satisfaction level for you guys as defensive players to be able to have taken a big step forward from where you were last year um just like i said just that competitive edge like it's like if you're a starter, it's always somebody behind you that's, that's just as good as you are. So, like, any given day, they can have a game, and it's like... And you don't want to be Wally yeah, Pipps, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you don't, exactly. You don't want to have to go through that situation. So, you know, it's like you have to play to your highest level every game. Every game, every practice, you have to know your stuff. Every every opportunity you get to be on the field, you have to make sure you're doing what you need to do in order, in order to be the best you can be. All right, Jordan Collier has a very interesting backstory on how he gets here to Buffalo, and we'll talk a little bit with Jordan about that in our next segment. Remember, it's the Bulls and Bowling Green, Friday at noon, a game for a chance to play for the MAC title in Detroit against Northern Illinois. That's what Jordan wants to do. That's where he wants to be. <laughs> He'll need to make sure the Bulls get the win on Friday in order to do that. More with the Bulls senior linebacker when we return. This is the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield.
Welcome back to the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. My name is Paul Peck. We're at Santoris Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway, getting you ready for the Bulls game on Friday against Bowling Green, a chance to win the MAC East and earn a berth in the MAC Championship game. Jordan Collier will play a big role in helping all of that happen for the Bulls as we continue with the senior linebacker from Lovejoy, Georgia. What's it like growing up in Lovejoy, and how far outside of Atlanta is that? Well, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, I went to Lovejoy my senior year. So, like, I'm not really from Lovejoy. I'm from more so, so Decatur. So you're an Atlanta guy. Yeah, I'm an Atlanta guy. But being from Atlanta, you know, it's way different than Buffalo. It's like the food is probably better. No offense. Um, Ooh, that's, that's a <laughs> shot, Jordan. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, you're, I'm just here, kidding. you're sitting here in one of Buffalo's best restaurants, <laughs> no. and you're saying that. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. It's a um, different kind of food, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a different. Okay. No, just the, the atmosphere is different. You know, it's, it's a lot colder, for sure, and it's hard to overcome the, the cold winters. But, you know, I love Buffalo. I love the blessings that it's brought me and just the memories that it has brought me as well. So. so there's a whole group of guys on this team that are from the Georgia area, Brandon Williams and Jonathan Hawkins, and I'm probably leaving a couple of guys out. So do you, is this a common conversation amongst all you Georgians that, uh, you know, <laughs> dealing with the cold and the food and all that other stuff? Uh, between me and B-Will, yeah. <laughs> we talk about it all the time. But, you know, like I said, it's a blessing. And, we, and we're both happy just to be here and have this opportunity to, you know, get an education um, first. And then, you know, pr- pursue our, you know, athletic dreams if, 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 if be it. So. All, right, all right, so before you get here to Buffalo, there's a pit stop for you yeah. at the University of Alabama, Birmingham, where I think you spent two years there, right? No, just one. Just one. Yes, sir. And then, and then you get the incredibly crushing news that Alabama, Birmingham drops football. This is yeah. four years ago, I believe. Yes, sir. What was that moment like, and, and what were the emotions for you and your teammates to know you had made a commitment to this school mm-hmm. and they kind of pulled the rug out from under you? Well, it was – well, in, earlier, earlier in the season, you know, it was a little speculation of what was going on, but nothing was really set in stone. But when, that, when we had that team meeting where they told us that you know, the program was being disbanded, it was kind of like – a soccer because like we just won we just beat southern mississippi and we're both eligible it's like you know this is a this is a bad time and like if anything this is horrible like you know and the fact that you know we have we have made so many connections and so many relationships with the guys on the team it was like man like what's going to happen next you know what's going to happen next and fortunately enough i knew brandon williams and randy and i you know just gave him a call and i'm like you know you know, do you guys? Need, I heard you guys. You know, not having a good season. You know, do you guys need any players? And then they was like, "Man, yeah, we get a new coach too." I'm like, "Oh man, that's perfect. That's perfect." And then that's just how, that's just how everything just happened. It was just God's plan. So, how big a decision was it? How I mean, obviously, you didn't. You, you wanted to go somewhere to keep playing. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, sir. was it a hard decision to come up here? The fact that you got you knew guys, did that help make it easier? Um, yeah. The, the decision for me was it was easy. As like when I came up here, I felt. You know, it was something different, you know, outside of, you know, the Georgia area, Alabama area. It was something different. And then just like the vibe of like, you know, Buffalo kind of caught my attention. I'm like, it's a it's a up and coming program. You know, um, I could probably I could probably be a part of something special here. 
you know, so that's, that's, that was my thought process at the time. Yeah, well, you certainly have been. With Bulls linebacker Jordan Collier here on the UB Football Insider Show. In the meantime, they brought football back at UAB, <laughs> yeah. and they've been incredibly successful. And, uh, you know, they've been one of the stories of college football. As a matter of fact, they got a couple of moments there on college game day Saturday, including yeah. your old yeah, teammate Colin. in both UAB and here. <laughs> Colin Lisa gets yes, a little sir. sound bite. So how much have you been watching what's going on down at UAB? And I guess there's a chance that in a bowl game it could be Buffalo and UAB possibly. Yeah, that'd be that'd be crazy. I I, I like that. I like that. But um I, I try to keep in contact with those guys pretty regularly. I talk to Colin at least every two weeks and we just kinda encourage each other to just be the best you can be. Like don't let nobody stop you. Like do what you have to do to to, to reach where you want to go. And um that's our relationship, you know. A lot of guys like Nick Vogel, who's a kicker there, you know, we, we all stay in contact with each other. I mean, a lot of guys, you know, it's a lot of new faces there, so I don't I don't really know, you know, a lot of the team, you know, in depth, but those two guys I most definitely, you know, keep in contact with a lot, and we most definitely try to keep each other. You almost you know, have grounded. two teams in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. You have your Buffalo <laughs> team, but I know there's a little bit of your heart that's there uh, and rooting for them. So, I mean, it's a unique situation where yeah. you're, you're, you're probably checking their scores, you know, after your games, right? Uh, not not no, so not, really? not so much because I'm so focused on like what we have to do and like I want us to win like you know other teams are on the back burner and, like you know but UB is my team you know UB is my family and always will be my family. Gotcha. What uh, what do you do when you're not thinking football? And I know that's most of your time, particularly this time <laughs> of year. But what do you do to uh, to have fun? What have you kind of learned about this area and the campus and everything that that keeps you busy when you want to let go of football a little bit? Um, actually, I've been going to a lot of uh, plays at the Center of the Arts, and it's been kind of been kind of been kind of an opening um, experience. I, I I like it. I like it a lot. So that's one thing, and I you know. Uh, I, I do music every now and again with JB and Ladarius Mac. We kind of just do our own little thing, you know, nothing, nothing serious, just kind of like playing around, you know, just on our free time. Um, but yeah, Buffalo, I love Buffalo. I've, I've seen a lot. Niagara Falls is probably one of my favorite spots, just like everybody else. But that's great. I That's, love Niagara Falls. It's cool. It's nice. What uh, What about the theater in particular that that you like very much? And and uh, this is this is a big couple weeks here, theater related because Hamilton is going to be playing yeah. at Shays. I, you're yeah. going to be busy, but how much <laughs> would you love to be able to get over and see that? It's crazy because I actually thought about buying tickets to go see Hamilton, but I checked the schedule and I was like, Nah, it's not, not going to work. It's not going to work. You're going to be busy. In um, Detroit. Yeah, they're gonna be busy in Detroit. So, um, but if I if I was able to go see Hamilton, I would most definitely go. Right. Definitely we had go. Justin Brandon on the show last couple of weeks, and he talked okay. a little bit. So he's like the producer, engineer. <laughs> Are you the talent on the music nah, side? No, nah, I'm, I'm I'm like the producer as well. We kind of like put our ideas together and you know try to see what see what can come out. Is that something that you guys feel like might be a next career step for you potentially? Ooh, ah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if uh, if the Lord say so, maybe. But you know, right now I'm just kind of like focused on the football thing right now. All right. Well, you got a big one to focus on. How <laughs> excited are you for Friday? How you know? How excited for the opportunity to do what the dreams were for you and all those guys Man. that came here four years ago uh, to be able to reach those goals? Just to be able to say that, like, oh, the championship team is is just a blessing in itself. But I think we're just turned up. We're ready to play. Like. 
You know, we tired of practicing. We just want right. to go out there and play. I That's like all. It. That's all. Every Bulls fan likes to hear what you just said. Ready to play. Hey, Jordan, thanks for the time. Great to get to know a little more about you. Excited for you for Friday. Excited to have this season continue for you for a couple more games. Thank you for having me. All right, Bulls linebacker Jordan Kyle, you're uh, giving us the lowdown here on the defense and getting you ready for the big one on Friday. We'll talk a little more about it. Much more to come on the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. It's the UB Football Insider Show as we continue to roll on here at Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway, Buffalo's original pizzeria. Thanks to Lance Leipold and Jordan Collier for their insight uh, and discussion about the big game on Friday for the Bulls against Bowling Green. But now we welcome an assistant athletic director for communications, John Fuller, for a little perspective on all this. John, I talked to Coach a little bit about how you came up with the interesting tidbit that the, this is the third time the Bulls have played a game for the Mackey's title, and they've all been against Bowling Green, which, you know, not unexpected because Bowling Green has been kind of the the kings of the division for a long time, yep. haven't they? Yeah, we've always played them late in the season, and once again, we're finishing the year with them. But if you remember back in 2008, uh, it was the 11th game of this season. The Bulls went out to Bowling Green, winner-take-all opportunity to go to the MAC championship, and uh, the Bulls pulled that one out in double overtime, rallied from 20 points down to, to win that game, win in double overtime. Bulls went on to win the MAC championship, as everybody knows, in 2008. Then in 2013, Bowling Green unfortunately returned the favor in the last game of the year down at um, now New Era Field. At the time, was Ralph Wilson Stadium. Um, you know, Bulls were one game up on Bowling Green, last, coming in the last game of the year. Winner take all scenario scenario to go to the MAC East to go to the MAC Championship. Bowling Green wins the game and, and then went on to win that MAC championship as well. So hopefully, not only can the road team win again this week, but they can also go on and win the MAC championship yeah. the next week too. I was think, been thinking a lot about that 08 game because it's because it may be as cold there Friday as it was then. It was it was like 18 degrees, yeah. 20 degrees. It was really cold, um, but it was such an amazing game. Uh, the comeback that you mentioned, uh, Drew Willie, Naaman Roosevelt, an onside kick recovery, and yep. then Starks with the run up the middle. I mean, it, it's one of the great moments, memories for any Bulls fan. So to think back at that game again, 10 years, all the symmetry that goes involved in it. it it's yeah. kind of cool to pop that back in your memory banks, isn't it? It's great. You know, that was such, it was such an amazing game, part of an amazing season, you know, now it's 10 years later and we're having the same kind of amazing season and hopefully we can have the same result. All right. Uh, there was a little bit of a record that was set, kind of got lost in the disappointment of the Ohio game, but when, uh, Kevin Marks scored that second touchdown. It set a new record, season record, for rushing touchdowns. Tell everybody about right, it. Right, that was the Bulls' 28th rushing touchdown of the season, um, which they've, which the previous record was 27, and the 27 that was the previous record they, they had done in 2008, which was over 14 games. So to have 28 um, rushing touchdowns over 11 games is uh, it's pretty incredible. For a team that I think everybody thought was just going to throw the ball all over the place, right? Obviously, you have Tyree Jackson, Anthony Johnson, K.J. Osborne, a lot of you know weapons through the air but at the end of the day you know I think they, they want to run the football and they've been able to do that and I think that's uh, you know just says a lot about the offensive line and the offense as a whole yeah and I think to you know to have it be led by what 18 combined touchdowns from two freshmen yeah. at, at when the season started not a lot of people thought we're gonna be the key guys in the backfield I think is pretty interesting as well too maybe we all thought Tyree would have more of those touchdowns this year. yeah and, and actually Tyree I mean, he has seven now believe it or not you know I mean if, he didn't even have a carry before the, the Central Michigan game 
about halfway through the season. And since the Central Michigan game, he has seven touchdowns. Over the last six games, he has seven rushing touchdowns. With John Fuller from the Athletic Communications Office, this is our Full of It segment to get you ready for the Bulls and Bowling Green on Friday. Uh, I mentioned with Coach, Khalil Hodges' next tackle will be the 400th of his career, but he's got another record in sight as well, too. Yeah, so Khalil Hodge is four tackles away from moving into third in school history in, in career tackles, which is just amazing. You think about it, he's played you know, not even a full three seasons yet. All these other guys that he's taking down along the way have all played four seasons. So, you know, the fact that he's been able to do this in uh, in three years is just is astonishing. And he missed a half of a game right. because of the targeting, yeah. too. So, you know, that, that, that would, that's another six or eight tackles that he yeah, generally and averages a half. Need, really need him for that game at all. So he right. only got in for a few snaps, got a couple tackles and got right. out. So really, he's done it in, you know, in, in you know, less than uh, three full seasons. Right. Uh, what's, what's your mindset going into this game uh, on Friday? What, what are you thinking about? Uh, you know, you have a good pulse for how this uh, – program has operated and what's gone on this season what's your thinking about Friday I feel good I feel like you know these guys you know worked hard to be put themselves in this position you know obviously last Wednesday didn't go as well as you know we had hoped and planned but you know there's still everything they control their own destiny everything's right in front of them they can go to Bowling Green win that game or you know win that game and they're in the MAC championship everything they want is right in front of them and they worked hard all this this whole season to get to this point so you know it didn't work you know Forget about last week. We're gonna flush it. Forget, you know, forget about it. But now, it's right there. Everything, everything's right there. And, and it's like, you, you know, everybody's. I think we're panicking. They saw the score. Like, oh boy. But you know what? We lost Army as well. And twenty-third ranked Army, by the way. Right. Twenty-third ranked Army. But but you know, a good Army team. They came in, and everybody. I think everybody thought the sky was falling then because we lost our first game of the year. We're four and one. What did they do? They went on and won five in a row after that, including their first game right after. There's a road win at Central Michigan. So. They're fine. This seems fine. They're very good. I'm excited for Friday. I can't wait for it to yeah, get here. Yeah, me, I am too. It's a noon kickoff at Doit Perry Stadium in Bowling Green, Ohio. You can hear it right here on ESPN 1520. You can see it on ESPNU. One of the biggest games of the year, a chance to get that crown, the Mac East title, and a spot in the Mac Championship game. John, looking forward to it. Thanks for sure. your insight. Thanks, Paul. John Fuller from the Athletic Communications Office. We've got one more segment to go. We're going to talk a little basketball with Brian Wolf, Associate Director of Athletic Communications, will join us next from Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. This is the UB Football Insider Show from Learfield. It's the final segment of the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. My name is Paul Peck from Santora's Pizza Pub and Grill on Millersport Highway. Getting you ready for a big one on Friday, football-wise. It's the Bulls and Bowling Green, a noon kickoff for a game that if the Bulls win, they win the Mac East title and a spot in the Mac Championship game against Northern Illinois, which comes up a week from Friday, a 7 o'clock kickoff at Detroit's Ford Field. But first, the Bulls have to win against Bowling Green this Friday. Let's talk a little bit of basketball here with Brian Wolf, the Associate uh, Director for Athletic Communications. Uh, It's always a good chance to check in on what else is going on at be and what else is going on is the Bulls moved up a couple of notches Wolfie from the 25th ranking last week they didn't play other than Monday night's win but tell everybody where they are now yeah hot off the presses uh 22nd in the country so the second straight week that that UB was ranked and it was you know it was uh, an interesting week because we played so early in the week playing Monday night at Southern Illinois which was a great win but then you have uh all those games that, that happened between Tuesday straight up until last night, all these ranked teams playing, you had a lot of teams losing. So it was, uh, I knew there was a good chance that, that there was an opportunity for, for us to, to move up in the rankings, but there were also a lot of teams that played really well this past week, Furman being one of them. They knocked out 
two Final Four teams in the last week in Loyola and uh, and Villanova. So you know who knew what, what was going to happen with them. But uh, you know, thankfully the the voters still saw the full body of work of this UB team, understood how big the win at Southern Illinois was last Monday, and rewarded them with a number 22 ranking. Give everybody a little bit of an idea of how all that works. Now, generally, when you're ranked, and if you don't lose, you're not falling out of the rankings, even though you brought up some good points. But but give everybody a little bit of sense of, you know, how much is it teams ahead of you lose? How much of it is voters that, you know, maybe now know about your program that didn't before? How does all that fall into place to, to this program now moving up to 22nd? Yeah, I mean, I think every voter uh, treats treats their their ballot differently and there's some that reward the mid-majors for for their big wins and again you know I think the benefit of last year's win against Arizona is every single AP voter knows who Buffalo is and what Buffalo basketball is so you didn't we didn't need to do that in the in in the first week of the season we didn't need to get on their radar by just beating West Virginia we were already on every AP uh, voters radar And, and now you know it's just them kind of figuring out what, what's a good win? What's a bad loss? What they should do with teams? I mean, you look at a lot of teams that have dropped out. Syracuse dropped out. Marquette dropped out. West Virginia's still out. So all those, those three teams that we were talking about, the, the, the gauntlet, as you'd like to call it, well, those are the teams that are on rank now, and Buffalo's the one that's ranked out of those <laughs> How four. How crazy is that going to be when you play Marquette and Syracuse? You may be the higher-ranked team in those games. It's possible, and, uh, and I, don't, I don't know if the Carrier Dome is ready for that. I don't know that they are either. Uh, the Bulls play Wednesday night. Your chance, first chance, to see the ranked Buffalo Bulls men's basketball team Wednesday night at Alumni Arena against Dartmouth, a 7 o'clock tip-off. What are you expecting? you expect any different feel in that arena now that there's a number next to the name? Well, I hope so, because I know you, you get a different feel when you go on the road and there's a number next to your name. It doesn't matter who that team is. If the, if the word nationally ranks there, their fans get, get up for it a little bit more. And we saw that in, in Carbondale, Southern Illinois. So I, I hope fans come out. Uh, you know, I hope the Western New York community comes out. There'll be, there'll be kids that are home from college uh, with the Thanksgiving break. So hopefully it's a great crowd. Dartmouth's playing really well this year. They're 3-1. They're and one. They're averaging over 90 points a game. They, they shoot the lights out of the ball so crazy shoot the lights out yeah. from three points so and you know their only loss is at Davidson which is a tough place to play they lost by three points there so that's going to be a tough game and then Maris comes in and these are two teams that uh we'll actually see in in Belfast in Northern Ireland this is kind of the beginning of the Belfast Hall of Fame classic um we get two home games out of it so those those two schools Dartmouth and the Maris the the opponent on Saturday they'll go to Ireland as Northern Ireland as well and they'll play a couple games out there right you won't play them again in Ireland but they're part of the whole group of teams that yeah, are going there yeah they're they're in the they're in the other bracket I think it's the Samson and the Goliath bracket and uh, we're in the Goliath bracket, and then they're in the Samson, but that's kind of how uh, anyone in the Goliath bracket gets home games. Samson, they go and get two uh, row games out of right. it. Right. It's Wednesday night against Dartmouth, 7 o'clock at Alumni Arena, and then Wolfie mentioned it Tuesday at or Saturday at 2 against Marist at Alumni Arena, and then you hop on the plane and go to Belfast, Northern Ireland. How excited are you for that trip? I'm excited. You know, it's fun. It's a great opportunity for our guys. You know, I, I think our athletic department's done a great job making our guys uh, uh, you know, very cultured. And, They've and taken classes. They've taken, they, they, taken classes, yeah, that. with uh, with Mr. Hunt uh, to learn about the culture of, of Ireland. They even did a little Irish dancing, which I can't imagine any <laughs> other seven other schools have done. So I think they'll really they'll they'll enjoy the trip, um, you know. And of course, you know, we'll be pulling for UB football. Hopefully, we have a nice you know midnight watch party somewhere in uh, in a pub in, in Belfast. I'm uh, sure you will watching uh, watching some UB football. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, as we wrap things up here on the UB Football Insider Show, quick thought on the football game Friday: What's at stake, and uh, what might happen by the end of Friday? 
afternoon. Well, it's a great opportunity. You know, the, the Ohio game was a tough loss, but we knew Ohio's a, a great team, and I have a lot of faith in Coach Leipold and, and this veteran group of guys that they're, they're ready to rebound. They're ready to go to, to, to Bowling Green the day after Thanksgiving and put forth maybe their best performance of the year. I think, I think they'll respond well and, and hopefully lock up that uh, East Division spot. All right, have yourself a fun time with the two games at home, Wednesday and Saturday with the men's team, and then the trip to Northern Ireland. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll make sure we do what we can in uh, Bowling Green on Friday to uh, make it a good week for the Bulls. All right, sounds good, Paul. Brian Wolf, the Associate Director for Athletic Communications, wrapping up this edition of the UB Football Insider Show with Lance Leipold. Don't forget, noon on Friday at Bowling Green. You can hear it right here on ESPN 1520. You can see it on ESPN you very simple a bulls win gets them the mac east division title and a spot in the mac championship game in detroit a lot on the line and it's exciting time the bulls are uh figured to be the better team in this game they've got to go and play like it and we'll find all that out on friday we're looking forward to it we hope you are too thanks to jordan collier and lance leipold john fuller and brian wolf that'll do it for this edition of the ub football insider show from Learfield. This has been UB Football Insider with Lance Leipold. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation.